Hello, my love, and welcome back to the Nikki Tastic podcast, where we learn from legendary people, truly brilliant minds, and some exceptional healers on how to create a fantastic life for yourself. I'm Dr. Nikki, and together we are going to explore ancient wisdoms to latest technologies on how to optimize your system and get you feeling lit up every day. Are you ready to live a fantastic life? Let's get started. Kevin! Nikki! <laughs> so happy to have you here. Happy to be here. Mm, pleasure. Mm-hmm. So you, to me, are an exceptionally driven, disciplined, really mature young man. Mm. And I understand from the story I've heard so far is that at one point you were homeless. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, you're making $45,000 a month. Mm. What a journey. How did you get this fantastic? (laughs) Well, uh, I'm a fucking miracle. Yes. Uh, So there's that. I, I like literally my parents tried to conceive for a few years and they couldn't conceive. And one day I happened and then um, complications with the pregnancy and they thought that I died and they were going to clean my mom out and heard my heartbeat and were like, oh, we shouldn't do this. Holy shit, we were wrong. So, um, and then the birth was a lot. So me being here right now today is a fucking miracle. Um, On top of like the already cosmic one in a trillion of you being alive right now today, uh, there's something special in my soul that would... Thought to be here, nice. I feel. Um, what's what makes me fantastic? You know, you mentioned my story, and as you were saying that, I was like, I don't even feel like that's me. Because mm. when I made that forty-five grand that month, I owed like forty grand to people. Uh, <laughs> you know, right. so I was like, it was it was out of a desperation to uh, keep my word and, and and honor that, and I just did whatever it took. Interesting uh, that that was your driver desperation has been a driver for me that's my shadow and i guess what makes me fantastic is diving into my shadow and how accountable i hold myself to my word and my um my willingness to go there to be wrong to alchemize the stuff stuff inside of me that's unconscious that i'm doing to seek it you can't shine your light if you haven't if you're unwilling to go into the shadow Mm. or something along the lines of that i'm butchering it but it Shadow work is a big part of what I do, and I didn't know I was doing it in the early days. I used to be a group fitness instructor, personal trainer, online fitness, network marketing, all that. Uh, but that's what I was doing. Um, was like, oh, that's the thing I'm not good at. Go there. Oh, that makes me uncomfortable. There. Oh, I gotta own that. Yep, I was wrong. Like really doing that in an early age, and I think maybe by chance you know and in the in the network marketing space they taught a lot about personal development and uh, one thing led to another started working for tony robbins yeah fell into that community and um at the same time diving into the spiritual community with master co and product healing and reiki and all of that so uh being in the right group of people somehow and i was a shy nerd kid in school i mean i had my friends don't get me wrong but definitely got picked on and dealt with a lot of social anxiety and um I'm almost like, I don't know how it happened. I, 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 it blows my mind sometimes. You know, you said something that is incredibly important is integrity and it's honoring your own word to yourself. Yeah. And when you do that, when you show up, when you say you're going to, and you do what you say you're going to do, you then tell your own inner body that I am trustworthy. Mm -hmm. I am honorable. Mm -hmm. 
I have integrity. Yeah. And it resonates. Mm. And, and it's when you break those commitments, you actually break a commitment to yourself. And that's when it's much easier to deceive yeah. and to show up in these faulty human characteristics. You know, you mentioned that I was disciplined. Mm. And before I would have worn that as a trophy. Mm. Now I see it as a tool. Uh, but I just went through some silence this weekend uh, where I was highly triggered in a very turbulent few days and couldn't really like alchemize it. I, I was aware of the things that were happening and I was just like, man, this keeps fucking happening. Kept getting frazzled. And uh, with inspiration was just like, all right, I'm just not going to talk for three days. I'm going to a park and sitting with myself and God and reconnecting to my purpose and myself. Cause I am so I'm off my center. Wow. And so I hit up everybody I needed to hit up. It was right before a launch in my business. So, you know, phone calls and my team was needing me and some and, uh, stuff. And I was like, it doesn't make sense, but I need to do this. And, um, so I committed for three days to be in silence and sit in stillness to reconnect with myself and God and my purpose and my visions, uh, because I kind of lost it. It only ended up being a day and a half, but it was really like six days or six hours. And then I stopped and then it was like 10 hours the next day. And then I stopped. Uh, if I was disciplined, I would have done three days. I held it with devotion to the outcome instead. Mm. And the time I broke it in that middle was definitely divinely guided. Um, I, if I, what, if I didn't show up and speak in that time that I did, miracles wouldn't have happened. And there were some miracles that happened because I asked my intuition and God, I was like, I'm supposed to be doing this right now. It doesn't make sense for me to speak, but I'm feeling I should. And I sat with it for about five ish minutes and it was like, speak. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And so I'm like changing what it means to be disciplined. It's really devoted to the outcome. At the end of that, I felt so complete and still in, my, in myself. I chose me. I remembered who the fuck I was. I set the visions for everything. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Sitting another day and a half would have just been unnecessary suffering, which is how I used to live my life. Unnecessary suffering to prove to myself that I could do it. Mm. Love that. Devotion to the outcome. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not perfect. I've rocked my own integrity multiple times in my life. Of course. And I had to say, maybe I... I it leans so heavily on me to honor my word and to stay true to those things. Um, and I've noticed the times where I lost my integrity or I, I, you know, crossed over. I wasn't fully honest with myself or you could say all sides of myself. And so that's where the shadow work comes into play or knowing yourself is because the more that I know myself and the more that I see and love those sides of me that like to be hidden secret desires or things of that nature, I'm able to speak from a more whole place so I can be integral and disciplined to that versus, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, that, I'm going to do that thing and without checking in first. So it's it's like if, if anybody's listening, you're the yes person and then you overwhelm yourself because you're not checking in and you say yes to too much. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. It's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> How do you check yeah. in? What does that look like? Knowing yourself. Uh, Do you feel into your physical body? or sensate, it Yeah, yeah. Definitely sensed. It's a very sensual thing. Like I'm sensing in my body, is there tension here? What feels like it'll liberate me more? Mm. 
what feels most in alignment with love. And sometimes it's the uncomfortable thing for me to do. Sometimes uh, it's transcendent of my desires for a higher desire. Uh, and that's being in service to the divine or God or whatever you choose to believe in spiritually. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. It, it, it's taking some time and we live in this world where, you know, everybody's notifications are on all the time on their phone. Somebody texts them, you pick it up right away. Like this always available, needing to get back immediately thing. And um, it's abnormal, but it's natural to say, let me sit on that. Let me get back to you in, in a second or to not reply right away, sit with it and then reply to them. Like, uh, it's so silly. Yeah. Humans are silly. How did you, what was your offering to create such, so much value? My heart, mm, myself, my voice, my truth, my passion, uh, my devotion to God and saying, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I demand it to be so come through me, speak through me. That's happened so many times in my life where I'm like, I don't know. I know I want to get Maybe it was a video for a course, for example. Yeah. I know I want this to be the outcome. I, I, I don't know how. Okay. Like, I, I did it myself. Let me just speak. God, speak through me. I, I Your word's not mine. Um, And just, you know, back then, it wasn't so much godly as it is now. But it was like a, all right, I'm just going to trust. I'm going to open my mouth and just start talking. And devoted to the outcome. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I would do in group fitness classes. You know, if you're 5 a.m. coming to an insanity class, <laughs> you're tired. And I had to be the hype guy. Uh, and I had to will it forward from myself. And that's what my years, 10 years in, in fitness taught me is to demand it to be so. A little too much because I hurt, ended up hurting myself, like physically injuring and some other things. But I know I have that spiritual muscle now and I can apply that to anything else. Um, so the offering to the world really is, is me. Um, you know, it's this conversation on the podcast and how I show up, uh, my level of passion or, uh, honesty with how I show up in the moment. Cause right now I'm a little lit up. I had a little bit of caffeine this morning, <laughs> had my coaching call this morning. They were like, Oh my God, that was the best call ever. I just got out of this, you know, silence. So I'm really clear yeah. and focused. There are others times where I'm way more mellow and way more, you could say grounded, uh, paced out in my words. That's also me. Allowing me to be all of me and still show up. Allowing me to show up when I am crying. Allowing me to show up even in when I'm hurt or I'm triggered. Still showing up and serving. Even though, um, and with my mastermind, they're like, that's why, one of the biggest reasons why we love you. Because I'm doing the process with them. I'm not trying to have all the answers because I don't fucking have all the answers. I know how I see it. I know a few things about a few things. A lot. I, I don't know a lot. <laughs> and I think that holding that, uh, is important because you know, it could get to your head Yeah. when you start to know a little bit about something. The best part about success is just a little bit. And, uh, it's like, yeah, from my perspective, this would be great for you. And this, you're you. Tell us about wealth magnetics. What does that mean? I, in the beginning of my life, or entrepreneurial life, got wealth by hustling. 
like massive action, book your calendar, working 12 hour days. Uh, and I was still struggling. Um, I would, you know, I was uh, making it happen. I was well known in the company as this young 18 year old kid that's like hitting all these, like passing everybody. I was on infomercials and shit, winning all the free trips. They're like, what the, who is this guy? Uh, it's because I just took crazy amounts of action. Uh, and so I kept doing that until the action I was taking wasn't working and I didn't know how to pivot. It like stopped working and I didn't know how to pivot. And that was the only tool in my toolbox. So I burnt myself out continuously thinking that's how I got it done. Led me to being homeless. Wow. That with a heartbreak, I didn't, I was lost. Uh, just looking for a restart. I was dealing with binge eating disorder because I, uh, physique shows depleting myself and then, you have one piece of chocolate and it's like a adrenaline high because hmm. you haven't had sugar in three months type thing, you know? And, um, so beating up my body, like over, way overextending myself, all the really prove and to try to make it happen. Cause it's out there. I wasn't enough. And I need to do the things and prove myself to get it out there. And that was showing up in my life as codependency and needing to fix things and to, to make everything external. Okay. And I was forgetting about this guy, me, and um, when I was homeless, you know, I was really, I had a lot of shame, really like angry a lot, just kind of like this dark pent up energy in, my, in me. And I went to a um, Tony Robbins event because I had been before and I was like, I got to go again. And then I found a way to go in free to volunteer at a crew. And I didn't have the money to pay to park my car because I was living out of my car. I was homeless, but I still was living out of my car. And I had to go inside and ask a friend for money to pay for parking. And he pulled out a 20 from his wallet and it's like frustrated, looked me in the eyes. He goes, get your shit together. Oh. And that was the moment. I was like, said, I'm fucking done. I decided right then I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to get the fuck over my ego and myself. Thank you for doing that. It was uncomfortable, but I needed that kick because after that, this is the extremism come showing up again. I picked up um, group fitness classes, more group fitness classes. I actually got that job. They didn't know I was homeless. I, was, I took a shower before I showed up for the audition. And I had done group fitness before, so it wasn't a thing. Um, picked up personal training, uh, serving, bartending. I was working 19 hours a day, sleeping four hours a night, seven days a week for two months straight. Wow. I went, fuck your excuses. I don't care how you feel. Work. You need to you need to get out of your shit, and so I was a little extreme, but I got an apartment, furnished it, and then was like, my memory's fading. I should probably let go of some jobs, and uh, did that. And um, I was also dating somebody at the time who I kind of got to see into the future if I kept doing personal training and how there wasn't uh, time freedom. And I was like, I don't want that. And so that's when I launched my own fitness business online, and that was my first like play at figuring out online, the online space, marketing funnels, like building a brand, all that, and really did well in it. And then I got a huge inheritance from my grandfather when he passed. And I was like, I don't have to do this shit anymore. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and just traveled the world, went nomadic, and finally got to experience life beyond the gym. That was my life before. And um, really started finding myself. And it was an amazing journey. That's when I fell more into spirituality and my spiritual practice with like Reiki and stuff and the spiritual community. And again, decided I'm going to live in LA and I'm going to live in Santa Monica. That's the apartment. It took me six months to do it, but I finally did it. 
manifested it in my you know dream apartment and then fought every single fucking month to pay rent because I overextended myself. Then when the pandemic hit a few years later, lost, like I cut the lease and just left, went nomadic again for a year, landed here in Austin, been here for six months. And what I found to be true about wealth magnetics now, um, I, I had a near death experience in there as well. I almost overdosed on San Pedro was psychotic for a month afterwards and it was it was pretty interesting to say the least but in that experience it taught me my shadow i brought myself to that experience in my extremism do it all now energy and so what i really have come to realize about wealth magnetics is that it has almost nothing to do with money and more to do with who you are as a person if you can live wealthy as you know, being safe in your body, a full self, full self-expression, being being your truest expression of yourself in that moment, and being a, a giver and not a, not a need, not from need or lack, but really from coming from a place of gratitude and abundance for all you have, not needing anything. Like coming that energy, inevitably. And I look back on the times of my life when I manifested a shit ton of money, and that's what I was in. Even though I was in it, I need to pay rent. I need to pay this person back. I didn't take action from that need. I was like, ah, I need this to happen. Center. Detach from the outcome. I'm going to show up and serve. And maybe me serving you is saying, hey, you don't need to buy my course right now. And humbling myself enough to do that when I needed the money to eat. And so uh, it's being in a, in a service of love, really, is, is wealth magnetic. There's a lot to it, but that's the basis, at least with my journey. Yeah. And when you, know, like when you said the 45K months, that happened. I was $110,000 in debt with an eviction notice on my door of $7,000 or quit in three days and um, falling out with a friend because I owed him money. After the highlight of my career, when I was going on tour for this day-long event called Unlock Love, Dallas, LA, Toronto, Miami, back-to-back weekends, it was amazing. And I just, it was like my codependency went from relationships to, oh, I'm single and celibate. So now there's no distractions in that realm. And it just went to overextending myself in business. I kept doing it landed me in that situation but i'm thankful that it happened because it taught me that i can go there if needed i have a range to do that if i want to do that so many ways we can go (laughs) (laughs) you made an important point about wealth Hmm. and i've had a million dollars in the bank and i've and i've blown through all of it because i still had a scarcity mindset Mm -hmm. and now i'm i'm living quite a simple life and i've never felt so wealthy Hmm. And it really is tapping into an abundance of love within yourself. Yeah. Tapping into a community of loving people, especially like mm-hmm. I found here in Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's um, what you strive for is interesting. And I highly advocate striving for an abundance of love and happiness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and freedom, which is what, to some degree, what money can buy you, right? Right, um, but but to have the goal, those experiences, and not the goal, mm-hmm. a dollar amount. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The near death experience I had taught me a lot. It humbled me a lot. It snapped me into perspective to my spiritual awakening, really. Um, and you know, to to like it's all fun and concept when we're talking about these things but really it's loving even more than you are now i think a lot of people 
are like, you know, they wear t-shirts, love, love and light. Oh my God, I love you. Like they can love where it's comfortable, but can you love the parts of you that you hate? But can you love the people that have done injustice in the world? Can you love the people that are in power right now in the world trying to control the narrative? Can you love the unforgivable? And you only can do that externally to other people unconditionally if you've done it internally. We can't meet others where we haven't gone ourselves. And so that's why I'm such an advocate for the inner work and loving all, all parts of me. That has brought me the freedom that I was seeking that I thought money did. And it's how I'm able to you know, relate with other people as well because I see them portraying some thing that I'm like, oh yeah, I see that because I've done that. And I can forgive you, or I can see you, I can love you, and love isn't passive. So I love you, and let's go this way. <laughs> you know, it doesn't. It's not like I love you, and let me just keep letting you do the things that are hurting other people. Um, it can be I love you. I'm not going to try to go in and change you. I'm going to love you and maybe plant a seed. Uh, it's not trying to control, and I think that's also with the personal development space so many people try to control themselves or their emotions and a bunch of crap that's coming from uh conditional love which is i need to do something to be enough you don't have to do anything to be enough being is enough mm. and so even playing the enoughness worthiness game is a mindset game that has nothing to do with reality and you can you can literally bypass it by being in a consciousness of unconditional love mm. there's People that are making millions of dollars helping you play the hoops of your own ego of this suffering loop and of everything else to be enough. And you can transcend it if you if you understand what unconditional love is and start to have it for yourself first. And it'll it'll bleed over to the rest of your life. What are some of your daily rituals to achieve that? You know, I used to have a morning routine. Mm, you don't anymore? I don't anymore. Really? Uh-uh. Oh, I, I thought space. you were going to come up with like forty-five because <laughs> that's oh, I have to do these things and then I'm ready. Yeah. Versus, why don't I do the work on myself and always be ready? Mm. Why can't I wake up ready? Now, don't get me wrong. Some mornings I'm like, shit, I ain't ready. <laughs> I like center myself. It's catching it in the moment and centering. But I don't need a morning routine. I found it again. I was unnecessarily doing it to try to be enough for the day. There was a time, though, when it was really important and needed. Yeah. And I learned when to pivot. I learned when to let it go. Think about a ladder. You're climbing a ladder. Know when to let go of the ladder rung to grab a hold of the next one. Yeah. From my experience, like the days that I'm disciplined yeah. and I sit down and I do my meditation, I'm not controlling when it comes to how many minutes or whatever, but uh-huh. just the act of making my tea, sitting down and breathing for however long right. for that day. Right. It does set the tone and I've noticed that the, the, sometimes I fall off. Like the last two weeks, I'm just, I get up and I run, I turn my phone right on yeah, and I start my day yeah. and I notice that I, I, I get out of flow a little bit. I'm a little bit more irritated. Like there's, uh-huh. there's a noticeable difference in my energetic field right. and how much I'm in control is not the right word, but rather, um, attracting really attracting what i want and there's like a mm-hmm. conscious focus right right a clarity uh-huh. does that make it, sense it, yeah it does and it's helpful and it, it's helped me in that way too but if we have to keep returning to a thing healing hasn't happened 
Mm, interesting. Go more. So whether it's meditation, you find clarity, or you process your emotions through some cathartic healing method. If you keep going back to it, you haven't actually changed your patterning in your nervous system. You've released the tension or you've created space so you can drop in to listen to your intuition. And they're not inherently bad. Like use them. Yeah. Uh, we just also want to look at the baseline of your nervous system and say, do you keep needing to go there? Does the anger keep rising and then you let it go and then keep rising and then let it go? Well, why does it keep rising is what I'm getting at. Or you, you go deeper and deeper into your meditations. Ask yourself, why are you needing so much space? What in your life hasn't been resolved or is, are you in a dirty tank of water in your life, right? Like, are you swimming in the wrong pond? Makes sense. So, you know, they're helpful, they're tools, but I don't have one every morning now. Um, I, I, I'm more so because of the, I feel because of the work that I've done, not in my morning routine, but the work that I've done with regulating my nervous system. And, and, um, you know, I work with a mentor for trauma informed embodiment integration, uh, trauma and somatics so rewiring my nervous system not to go to stress and overwhelm when i'm uncomfortable or unsafe and finding safety in myself and my body in my senses and coming to the present moment all those things were able to to shift and now i have more sovereignty because i choose how i respond to things versus react and when i do react and i find myself getting triggered i go yo 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 everybody shut the fuck up we're taking three days <laughs> and that's when you, you go know. into the silence exactly right. and that's the space huh. and that's where claiming my space and choosing myself was the healing thing for me at least and that's where i'm able to now i can come forward and, and do that and it's a dance it's, yeah. there's not a one answer perfect morning routine i fucking made a video on it you can find my youtube about my perfect morning routine uh, <laughs> it's helpful and no one it's it's helpful till it's not yeah, and actually, I think when you do something every single day, it becomes so routine that it, it loses value to some mm -hmm. degree. Mm -hmm. If it, yeah. You mentioned somatic trauma release. Can you? Are there any tools or techniques that you can share that someone could start practicing now? You know, I recommend doing this with a practitioner or with somebody else. Okay. Um, to and over time is how you shift the patterning in the nervous system. It's not a one and done. Which is what it. I'm getting at, and a lot okay. of people feel like. Let me have this big cathartic yell, release, cry, or do bufo and get high off my ass so I transcend my ego. Well, guess what? You come back into the third dimension, you still got an ego. <laughs> the biggest ego trip of the world is trying to transcend the ego, uh -huh. uh, you know, or, or trying to get over and, and done with all of your negative emotions. They're part of the human experience. You can definitely alchemize them faster and not live in them, which I think is the goal. Uh, but they're a normal response to stimulus in our environment. So anyway, you mentioned the cathartic stuff, uh, breath work, fab, MEO, DMT. I mean, hey, I, I don't tell me it came from me, but uh, that definitely it was an experience for me. Um, holotropic breath work specifically. Yes. Um, my favorite. Yeah. It's my absolute favorite healing modality. There's nothing that will release the limiting beliefs and then step me into power faster. Yeah then the integration is is what to do from there. So you don't need to go back to it. Yeah. You know, have that experience and then integration. Yeah. And integration takes space, stillness, silence, yeah. nothingness, yeah. to allow the body to repattern and, and reprogram. Um, and then the tools to choose how you respond differently in the moment-to-moment -moment small things. And that will begin to restructure your paradigm that you're living in.
Love it. Yeah. Where do you want to go next? We can either go to codependence or shadow alchemy. I feel like we've already touched on the shadow alchemy, but um, I'm leaving it up to you. What would you like to discuss? Well, a lot of my work is on codependency because that was a lot of my life uh, was codependent. And that's essentially uh, looking at love as a sacrifice. I need to let go of myself, my desires, and all the things that I want to do because I got to make sure that mom's okay so I don't get in trouble. Mm. But that shows up in our relationships. If you know we have unhealed uh, childhood wounds, it'll show up in our intimate relationships and our intimate connections. And um, you know, I thought before I was celibate and single for three years that I had dealt with it because I did my inner work. Well, no, I just r- removed the stimulus. <laughs> right. And then I got back into connections and it was still showing up. Yeah. And so it's... How does it show up? What does it look like? Putting your needs last, saying yes when you mean no, uh, always needing to fix things, um, seeking external validation constantly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, just to name a few. Yeah. And, you know, this is, I'm still dealing with the weeds of it because it was a part of my life for my entire life, you know, up until now. And so I'm a recovering codependent. <laughs> how I like to label that because I'm noticing, oh, there it is again. Ah, shit. Yeah. Okay, reply that they respond this way or, or whatever. And I'm at the spot now where my nervous system doesn't really fully take over. Because what happens is, again, the childhood stuff, we were dependent on our parents growing up. Well, then if, that, if they're emotionally unstable or we don't have a sense of safety and certainty in, in our life at that age, um, is unsafe for us. And so we try to show up and soothe mom or dad um, or please them. And then maybe one time it worked and there was peace. Yeah. And so in our, in our body patterning, we right. go, I need to keep the peace. And that could just continues and continues and continues. And then now it shows up in inappropriate ways in your love life with people that you're intimate with yeah. because you're just trying to keep the peace. So you don't fall into, uns- you're not unsafe. Right. Right. Yeah, and you don't um, speak your truth. Yeah, and so I I take a lens now of somatic, looking at the nervous system, but also looking at the mindset part of it all, which is really choosing yourself and working working with yourself and within a connection on that. Because true healing, especially with codependency, uh, happens in safe spaces and in connections. It doesn't happen when you're sitting in a meditation or doing holotropic breath work or you know a, a ayahuasca ceremony. Right. That may give you a, oh, I choose me moment. Mm-hmm. And now you're diving back into the pond. How do you now respond differently? And are you in a connection or relation with others in your life who can hold that with you and work with you in that? Because then maybe you express vulnerably or you choose your own needs instead of theirs. And get, they didn't go anywhere. Well, now it fucks with your story in your head. Because you're like, wait a second. I thought I was going to like, you were going to abandon me. And now you're not. Oh, whoa reality shift okay and you get to you get to change it that's a lot of the work that i do with my clients is healing codependency or healing heartbreak important point it's linked to abandonment it is and a lot of that i I found a video uh, from teal swan the other day and she was talking about the cry it out method which is how uh, parents are taught to raise children to go to sleep where you let them cry it out in increments slowly more and more over time you're teaching your your child to self-soothe when they 
physically don't have the tools to self-soothe. Huh. You're just letting them feel dysregulated and unsafe, and then they enough to where they run out of energy and pass out. And pass out, and that's how we're te- that's how we're training our generation. So now we have a generation of people with abandonment wounds, right. and we wonder why. And it's in books, tell like telling people to do this. Hmm. You know, it's it's fucked. And it, shout out Sarah Morell for showing me that video, and we were talking about it because it was it, she was like, "Yeah, it's what was told to me," and I was like, "That's insane." And I was like, "Well, I cried for the first two days of my life, and they couldn't figure out why." Because you weren't being held, or what? Um, I think I had ear problems tubes in my ears and I had a bunch of ear stuff oh. um, but they tried the cry it out method with that and trying to just get me to like you know release it out and I'm like that's probably why I have abandonment trauma oh my God. <laughs> and it's that early yeah. you know in our, in our in our psyche okay so from a practical standpoint uh, you recognize let's say I recognize I'm codependent mm-hmm. it, it, when I start a relationship I get so excited mm-hmm that I definitely become needy and I seek their approval and I, you know, I want to get the text message back right away (laughs) and like all this, you know? Right. Yeah. So I recognize that I do that. And I also recognize that um, if I don't get the text message back away, it triggers the abandonment wound. Right. right? Right. And that drops me into fear. Yes. How do you, what would you advise someone like me? (laughs) that um you know i can i can turn i know to turn to myself and say okay i'll give myself what i need i am we know that consciously but your body's right uh, exactly so in that moment of trigger drop into the present moment um that's what the the invitation the portal that you're being asked to jump through is going from conditional love to unconditional love to know that love is abundant and nobody can take it from you and him not replying to you right away has nothing to do with you. Maybe they're in a meeting or on a trip or something and right. maybe their phone's off. Like, but we take it personal. That's another thing for codependency, taking it personally. Yeah. And so, um, in those moments, I mean, it, there's a lot here. You're asking how, and it's a process. Yeah. It's forgive your parents, understand the things that happened there, forgive them, forgive yourself. Uh, coming home to yourself and building somatic safety um, day after day, choosing you and choosing your needs and li- living a life that lights you up where you don't need a partner. Mm, yes. You want a partner, sure, but you don't need to make your life or to make you feel enough. And from that place, you're like letting go and letting God and letting the love and your hearts to, to, align it not trying to come in and control because hey you pay me a little bit of attention and i i i need some attention right now so let me like grasp make sure this works out because like see don't you love me see you love me right okay cool that's what your body's doing yeah yeah <laughs> and i've lived it so that's why i can go there and know it <laughs> no you're nailing it i mean i think this is the biggest part that i help my clients with is is getting them so f- focused and lit up on their serving their purpose yeah that they're so fulfilled with that, that any love or anything else that comes into their life is just bonus. And so, yeah, there isn't this like desperate need to fill a void. You right. get, you fill your void by serving your purpose mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. And the caution I would have that a curiosity. I don't like to fill the void. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah no, I knew we'll it. Just... I, said it. <laughs> I was like, great, that didn't sound right. It <laughs> just would be, um, are you distracting yourself? That's a very common thing that I see with my clients. Mm. They feel a lot of pain in their love life. They go hustle mode and work. They get so fulfilled and so lit up. And then a text message or this person's interested in them and they get rocked off center again. 
Oh, interesting. Right? Because they haven't actually dealt with that stuff. You're just swimming in a different pond and, and avoiding looking at the thing. So, of course, you're going to feel better because you're not looking at it. You shoved it under the rug. So that's a pattern. And I just, be, you know, it's not to say that, you know, pour yourself into work and align yourself with your mission. Yes. Uh, and make sure you also still deal with some of this stuff. Yeah. Because we live in a society right now that is, uh, loves to uh, avoid. I, mean, I can speak for myself. I definitely am avoiding. I, I've been single eight years and mm. I just don't look at it mm-hmm. because... I know that I've had to find my purpose first. Like that mm. I just felt like I needed to put all my energy in one direction, mm. get that going. And now I can open up my energy to more to mm. love and to other options. Mm. Maybe I could have done it simultaneously, but I felt Maybe. like falling yeah. in love really takes a lot of energy. Does it? <laughs> well, it takes my focus. Okay. It takes my attention. <laughs> it's hard to forget. Well, your current experience of has. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, and especially with women. I mean, most of my clients are women. And there's a lot of conditioning around what love is through uh, Disney and movies and all this stuff where that's what it feels like to be swept away and rocked off center. And now you're leaning 100% on them and reliant on them. And Right. right? Which like, is that's what I didn't not, want. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's codependency. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's the narrative <laughs> in mainstream media that we grew up on, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of conditioning there on that of like relying on a man, I'm sure. Yeah, that was also my fear. Which is probably why you went into relying on yourself, which is great. Now, yeah. like own your sovereignty and then be in interdependence with another sovereign exactly. person where you're leaning on each other, not needing on each other. Right. And I knew I needed, because especially with my affluent ex, I knew I needed to stand on my own two feet first. Mm. And then I'd be an energetic match to the to the right person. And. Yes, and uh, I have interviewed so many people that have been married for 30 plus years and madly in love still. Love Like, everybody's story is different. True. Some got there independent first and then met. Yeah. Some were codependent and lustful as fuck and then <laughs> got into the interdependence, right? Like, uh, this. so for anybody listening, like, there's, you don't have to love yourself first. And it sounds interesting that I say that <laughs> you don't have to. The important part is that you just do. Mm. And you can do that in a connection with other people. And healing actually happens in safe connections with others. You just really want to check your container that you're in. If uh, you can pitch and catch with that person and if they're willing to support you and not blame you. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of variables in this, which is why I love talking about it. Because yeah. there's so many different scenarios that could play out. Right. Um, you know, I've been sitting on recently, like, don't put your, your future self in your future. Say that again. Don't put your future self in your future. One day, once this happens and da da da, da or, oh my God, I'm working so hard for this goal so that I can celebrate. Uh, like, what's the occasion? Life? Yeah. Celebrate it now. Um, yeah, I'll be or, happy when. Exactly. And we do that unconscious and subconsciously. So it's really hard to catch, which is why space and uh, self-awareness is so important uh, to, to make sure that we're not placing that one day on one day. Because one thing that I did when I was psychotic that I got myself out of it was I went to a graveyard and I realized that one day could be today. And I had multiple near-death experiences. Oh, well, I had one, but then I also was suicidal a few times in my life and almost uh, acted on it. And 
I was like, I could be here right now. What the that, by the way, the anniversary for my near death, uh, at the time of us recording this is tomorrow, two years ago tomorrow. Wow. We could have not had this conversation. Wow. Because I, I was suicidal afterwards. So not only did it almost take me out, I was in a bad headspace. And I brought myself to that graveyard and went, why the fuck am I waiting here until once I'm debt free, once I reach this goal, once I write the book, once I whatever, whatever. Once I get in the right relationship, just visualizing so much in the future and we're creating this void. Mm. Present moment sucks. The future is going to be amazing. Yeah. Unless you fall into gratitude and the present moment and get somatically present and here, which is what the two years that I've, I've been doing is getting grounded, safe in my body, present here. Now I'm lit up about the future, but I don't even spend that much time thinking about it. I'm just here living it up. Um, so important. That perspective, and I advise anybody listening, go to a graveyard. We, death is this hidden thing in society. We, you look at cemeteries, they've got fences around them that have hedges and you're not, you're driving by, you don't see it. Yeah. Uh, it's a part of life and you're going to live it <laughs> yeah. or not, right? But um, snap back into that reality that this is and whatever you're stressing about, whatever you're angry about, whatever you're worried about, whatever you're going through right now is just a breeze in the wind. Mm. And focus on what really matters. That's what that experience gifted me. And I did that uh, this weekend again because I was such dis so dysregulated and triggered. And I was, but that snapped me back. Mm. And I was like, okay, you know what? Fuck it. I choose me again because <laughs> I lost that and, and gracing and love for myself. And then filled up with gratitude for all the fucking experiences that I've had in life. Yeah. And remembered how amazing I am, fantastic I am. And then from that full place, I started to look into the future and the things that I wanted and started getting clear on some things. And that's why I'm so lit up and jacked up right now. I'm talking yeah. a bajillion miles an hour is because I'm excited. It just feels like a cage is lifted and I'm free to roam this field. No, instead of like this push, I need to go out there and roam the field. Yeah. It was just like, oh, freedom, yeah. let me play. Like a dog that's like at the park and you let them off the leash and they're like, that's how I feel right now. I love it. <laughs> and, uh, um, and a large part of that has been the people in my life that has been supporting me in this. I, I have built my business and collapsed it three times. Wow. At one point I had 12 people on a team. Lost it. Learned a lot. Um, and the people that are sticking with me and the people that are in my life now and the people that I'm meeting like you now, mm. uh, in this season of my life is so amazing. And I know Sarah Morell has been on the podcast before and she yeah. was probably a lead into mine. She mentioned, um, and I just want to say that that woman has changed the trajectory of my life uh. from her devotion to God, uh, revived my devotion to the divine and God, because after I'm near death, I lost all faith. Uh, I lost, you would think it would be opposite, but I, I just went into science and scientific and agnosticism and what is real is what I can see and all that. And she's opened my eyes again to miracles and God and falling into the divine and devotion to him again. I grew up Presbyterian, evangelical Christian, like, and so she's changed the trajectory of my life also just because of her, where our friendship, we're able to meet each other in this space that I've never been met with, with another human, let alone another woman. And so 
she's been healing from my wounds with the feminine mm. in so many ways. And uh, with her kids that I fucking adore, my inner child's coming out to play again. And uh, it's been the most nourishing, unexpected gift of my fucking life to be in that space. For so the past six months, I don't even recognize myself. At the same time, I recognize myself even more. Because mm. I let go of a lot of those protective mechanisms or the striving and achieving and the not-enoughness and the codependency. And I've been able to work through it in, a, in a, this container. It's, I mean, I can go on and on. It's yeah. one of the biggest gifts of my life. You got lucky living with Sarah. She's just... <laughs> She's one of the most magical beings I think I've ever met. Uh, I adored her from the first minute. And yeah, she, she's really special. It's our dynamic is amazing. Cause uh, just to, we pull the best out of each other Um, and we also pull the shit out from each other too. You know, my codependent patterns or wounds with women and all the, all that stuff. And to be able to love each other, both through it uh, has been so profound and, not to mention all the other things that have happened in my life, like um, falling like more in alignment with my mission, uh, quantum leap to making more money. I have a driver's license now, like <laughs> I have facial hair. Like it's all Sarah. Thanks. Shout out jacket, her, you know, like uh, it's medicine. Aww. You hear a that, world, Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, there's, a, there's a quote that a world without women would be pretty dark and dry. I think that's true. Ah. Um, so shout out to the divine feminine for being you. And I just, uh, any woman listening to this, you know, yes, you need men and we need you. And I think that that's uh, healthy to say, so screw the in- hyper independence bullshit. Um, you also need you. And the more that you show up with you and you show up with the divine, we inspire each other. And that is where you can really start to heal, heal the collective. Yeah. So heal yourself first. And in doing that, it'll just be a part of your being that others will be healed as well. You don't have to try and do it. Right. Yeah. Final thoughts on how to live and manifest a fantastic life. You got to really realize it's fantastic right now. Yeah. You're already living it. And to think that you're not and you need to do something like a morning routine to get it (laughs) is putting it your future self in your future. You know, the key there is to travel around the world and realize how damn good we have it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there, you, we genuinely could not be complaining. Uh-uh. I've seen people that would do anything to be where we're at. I've seen people, I've seen kids living on top of tr- piles of trash. I mean, mm. like, I, no, we, we are so lucky. Yeah. It's, yeah, realizing the fantastic life you're living already. Yeah. Um, and think about it like a bonfire, even if you're fantastic and all of the fantastic you could find is this one small little flame or this ember, fan it, grow it, nurture it. Don't look at, oh, but my, I don't have a giant big bonfire yet. Nurture what's there. Yeah. And it will in, in faith and conviction, it will happen. Yeah. It's the law of love. Yeah. Love that. Kevin, thank you. For sharing your wisdom and your heart. Thank you. Where can people find you? The Heart Guy on Instagram or heartguy.com. Okay, we'll put that in the show notes. You are such a blessing. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Yep. Big hugs.
Thanks for tuning in, my loves. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you subscribe down below right now so that you get notified of the next episode. You can also leave me a quick review that would help my ratings so much. And you can join me on Instagram where I share a lot of health tips on raising your physical well-being at Dr. Nikki underscore talks health. All of this information will be in the show notes, but just know that I am here for you. I want to hear from you and I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. Sending you so much love. Big hugs.